Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. E equals MC. That all men are created About the future innovation. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I am your host for the day, Mr. Ryan Treasure. Got a great bang up show for you guys today. First off, I want to give a shout out to everybody who has been with us for the last five years of Finding Your Frequency. Uh, It's been an absolute amazing journey. All the messages, all of the information, all of the people, the authors, the entrepreneurs, everybody that's been on the show, I just want to thank you guys all. I feel like every hour that we do this program, it is an hour of education and learning and fun and it's exciting so thank you guys for all being on the show and thank you guys all for listening to the show uh make sure you give us a nice five star rating in the apples the spotify's or wherever you listen to the podcasts uh and of course you can catch me and tracy on stereo.com uh check me out stereo.com forward slash radio ryan one come follow us over there and uh You know, we'll be having the Finding Your Frequency after party weekly on Fridays because why else would you have an after party on Friday? It's the best time. (laughs) So today on the show, we have uh, my my awesome co-host and executive producer extraordinaire, Tracy Motley. Uh, Tracy, uh, we appreciate you being on the show today. You and I always have a great time uh, hosting shows together. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Always a pleasure, man. Absolutely. And we have a fantastic guest today. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff, right? Um, (laughs) Melissa Mohan, she's an attorney, owner, and founder of the law offices of Melissa D. Mohan, PLLC, licensed real estate broker, owner, and founder of Melmo Realty LLC, which combines a unique perspective of the real estate industry and passion for traveling the world to bring you the best home buying and selling experiences. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. so happy to be here. Well, I am so glad that you're here as well. And, you know, we always love talking to, uh, you know, people that are in many facets and different uh, uh, industries. Uh, But really, it's all about thought leadership, right? It's all about, you know, bringing to the world, uh, bringing to the society and to people some content and some information that is extremely valuable, extremely important. And, you know, it's a learning experience and especially someone like you who has such a diverse background and has done so many different things. Um, you know, I hope that the listeners will be able to gain some knowledge and learn something about life that they can take away from the show and, and really apply it to, you know, what they're doing. Um, I know with COVID and lockdowns in the last year, it's just been absolutely nuts for everybody, uh, you know, kind of struggling to manage, um, uh, you know, the way that life is right now. And, you know, work-life balance is like kind of out the window. I noticed, you know, people working it's from home. It's kind of a life balance. Yeah, like, totally. Balanced life. Yeah, I totally um, feel you. I know tra- everything has changed. Yeah, you know, Tracy from the way has- you get your groceries <laughs> yeah. to the way that you uh, interact with your friends and your family, the way you celebrate holidays. Like everything, everything. has changed. It's been uh, it's like almost like a hard reset. 
Um, and I think for a lot of people, it's taken them out of their comfort zone, which, which is how change comes about. You know, for me, about three years ago, I quit my job as a managing attorney and I said, bye to that life, bye to that <laughs> nice pay, stable paycheck. I'm going out there and I'm starting my companies and I'm going to figure it out as I go. And I feel like, you know, that kind of prepared me a little for this life of COVID, you know, one year later, um, and which actually happened to coincide with my birthday. So I can't forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's totally true. I can't true. forget. So uh, it's been a really interesting <laughs> COVID year, but I think that's what it's all about. It's about, you know, having successes, having failures and figuring out, you know, what to do from everything. Everything in life is a learning experience. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's like the, it's the, it's like the yin and the yang, right? I mean, you can't have success without failure. Like it, it doesn't exactly. work, you know. And exactly. And entrepreneurs learn all that the hard way. By the way, FYI, people, if you're, oh, if you're an entrepreneur, yeah. you're gonna go take two steps forward and three steps backwards, and two steps forwards and another one. Eventually, you know, if, and, you, and you, left you'll, and right. You'll, yeah, you'll and, feel and forward, your way. You know, there's forward yeah. and back and left and right. You know, there's always right there's go like, out again. You know, there's some days where I'm like, oh, this is a great, this is so great. And other days where I'm like, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> I always talk about entrepreneurs and say that they are failing their way to success. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. But, you know, when I, when I started my last job as uh, my last, you know, full-time, you know, not entrepreneur job, if, if my boss would have told me at that time that five years later I'd be coming to her saying, I'm quitting to start my own companies. I would have been like, you all are crazy. Like that'll never happen. Mm -hmm. But you know, it was just one of those things that, you know, it came, it came to be. And when I finally told my family and friends like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. They were all like, it's about time. I was not ready. I was <laughs> shocked. I was floored because you know, you go to, you go to undergrad, you go to law school, you, you bust your behind and you finally make it to that really great job. And then you're like, yeah, Thanks. <laughs> I'm gonna go do it my own. <laughs> no, but you know what? I, I, what's wrong with you, <laughs> Melissa? Let's talk about that because that is literally what this show is about. That that is yes. that is why we do this show: finding your frequency in life and in business. You know, and um, our promo even says uh, summoning the intestinal fortitude to get out there and go do something different, following mm -hmm. your passions. You know, and 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 I think that's that's really the story that we want to hear. Uh, from you today, right, is that yeah. story and that journey of, you know, going to college, getting ready for this career, all of these things that you're trying to do, and then completely pivoting in another direction um, that was different than what your original life path was. And that's right. what I, I want you to tell that story of how yeah, you so found, I will tell that how story. You found your No frequency. problem. So like, <laughs> well, right at the beginning, my parents immigrated here 40 years ago. Uh, from this little tiny country in South America that is English speaking, non-Hispanic. So, you know, I, I say I'm okay, South American, non-Hispanic. What country is Okay. I had to know what, what, what South American Sorry. country. West did. Indian, West Indian by culture, but not by geography. Uh, so, you know, you already start your life in like this whole confusion of culture, right? <laughs> grow, grow, like started in Queens, New York. Um, and then my family, when it came time, they were like, we've got to get them out to the burbs. I don't want them, you know, growing up <laughs> in, in the city. And, you know, here we are just, and it was always pounded education, education. You can take away anything but your education. So for me, I grew up 
like college wasn't, you know, if it was which one. I was one of the first ones in my family to actually the first one in my family to go away to college. I went to Boston College, uh, graduated with a degree in political science and music. Yeah, music. Already showing, already showing right? Like, <laughs> I, already, I already don't know what I want, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> took two years off, worked at a law firm, and then, you know, it was law school. Go to law school, have my first year, I'm in New Orleans, living the life, you know, enjoying, soaking it up, start my second year. I'm out, I'm literally out on Bourbon Street with my girlfriends, having a martini on Friday night. My cell phone rings. I get a call that my parents were in a car accident, like uh, a devastating car accident. We lost my aunt, my life upside down at that point. I was oh, in my mid twenties, you know, completely like everything I knew, my foundation upside down. So what did I do? I dropped out of school. I came back. I took care of my parents. And at that point, that's when that fire grew and I learned anything I can do, I want to do, I put my mind to it, I do it. I had to learn about, uh, I had to get guardianship over my dad. I had to learn how to take care of my mom who was in a wheelchair, my dad who had a brain injury. Every day I had to learn. I got asked by the nurses and the doctors, are, are you in med school? Are, are you a doctor? Like, how do you know all this? I, I, cause I quickly realized in order for them to take me seriously and to really right. understand, I had to learn their language. So in between, you know, everything else I was doing, I was seriously like studying, learning about everything. And that's kind of how it started. And that's when I, I made it through law school. I graduated only one semester late, which, you know, given all that, that was quite yeah. a feat. Yeah. Uh, I became the very first professional in my family, both sides. Um, first to get, you know, that little, and a few came after me. <laughs> I was the first with the ESQ more after me but I paved the way and I and I was the example so of course I did what came next right you, you get a job I got a job in the city and from there I moved up I switched industries and um, one thing led to another I kept moving up and you know I always had this leadership I'm that person right. who, sits, who sits there and looks and looks around the room and I'm like well if we did it this way or and sometimes I'm like <laughs> I wish I could just bite my tongue like my mouth gets me in trouble all the time but yeah, I, I know that I one am. I know that one really well <laughs> don't I Tracy <laughs> oh yes he does <laughs> <laughs> No, but I think and, that know, I, I think that's a good attribute of any leader, though. You yeah, know, is is you know, constantly I, I, looking at different different angles and different things, and, and, and how and do you how, streamline stuff and, and make it things. better? And you know, in the in the last job I had in the managing attorney role, the culture of the company was change. It was always what else can we do? What you know, we get a team together, we got it working, we finally got that you know production line going, and then we're like, great, we hit the goal. Okay, let's move to the next. Let's move the bar again. So I got very comfortable with change and with moving things forward. And in, in that role of managing and really getting to know and lead and deal with people, I really got to know myself because a true leader, you know, is really worried about everybody else, not about them. It's mm -hmm. about everyone else first. Right. And in doing so, you learn a lot about people, about interactions, about motivation for yourself, for everyone else. You, you see that some people are just there to show up at nine, leave at five, do their task and be done. And other people really wanna take ownership and leadership and, and then you also learn about the value systems of companies and, and for me, that's kind of where I realized I was working this job 10 hours a day, you know, five, six days mm -hmm. a week 
and I wasn't seeing my family. I wasn't seeing my friends. I wasn't seeing yeah. all these other people that I was working so hard for. And I was one day I was like, something has to give. And I was like, okay, so let me go out there and, and do it for myself. I, I was working towards running a company and having all these duties. So I was like, okay, if I could do it for someone else, I, I can do it for me. And I met some people along the way who really encouraged me. And it was kind of like, I woke up one day and I said, I'm doing this. And, right. and here we go. Here I am, the owner of two companies, uh, a real estate brokerage, which I have now a, a couple of agents working under me. Nice. And I have the law firm, which let me tell you, after managing a lot of attorneys and paralegals, for this one, I'm happy it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like during the progression, it sounds like you were being groomed to be where you are right now. Well, at the same time, you were stoking the fires to step away from what you were doing and do something else. You know, it took a lot of uh, a gut, guts. My, my former boss used to tell me, you always have to lean in. Mm. And I realized that I wasn't, I wasn't happy. I was great at my job. I was excelling. I was doing well. But I wasn't happy. I was stressed all the time. I mm. was, you know, I'm still stressed, but it's different now. You know, if, if I'm up working till one o'clock in the morning, I only have myself to blame. I can't blame anyone. It's me, you know, I'm doing this for me. And it, it really was a big learning. Um, and it, I picked up everything along the way. And it's kind of like, they say hindsight is twenty twenty, And we're right. thankful that 2020 isn't hindsight. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right? Well said, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you don't realize how far you've come until you turn around and look back. And I've had to pivot a couple of things and 2020 did come with its perils. I, I moved, like I had to give up a couple of things and I'm now having a good year. And my best friend said to me, she said, sometimes you have to take a step back so that you can get perspective to move forward. And I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It's you like, you got to take that step to really take that bird's eye view of what's going on. It's like on. climbing up the mountain, right? And being able to see, right. you know, everything that is out right. there and what's available. Your, your 50,000 foot view where you're not so, you know, centrally narrow focused on, you know, specific things, but being able to catch your breath, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and, and me as a lawyer, you're always groomed, like, you know, you got to play in the gray. You know, everyone wants it to be black and white. Playing in the gray is how you find your success. But it's within a box. And now for me, like an entrepreneur, the box has been removed. I, I can do what, what I want. I can sit here and talk to you guys today, and I don't have to get approval from six different people. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's about having great ownership of myself and my time and what I want to do. And, and in doing so, I there were a lot of things that were missing and and now I'm volunteering and I'm on the board of directors of this really amazing charity on Long Island, helping to prevent the cycle of homelessness on Long Island uh, for families and veteran families. And I wouldn't have been able to do that. And it's, I give my time and it's just, it doesn't feel like a job. It just feels like natural. And I wouldn't have been able to do that. Hey guys. I want to pause the show for just a second because I want to talk about this really cool app called Stereo. I've been using it for a little while now and man, it's pretty cool. It's a live broadcast social platform that enables people to have real conversations in real time. The app allows podcast creators to build an intimate relationship with their fan base by engaging them in direct conversations. 
Listeners can literally record a question, send it in while we're doing the live directly to us, and we can answer those questions and engage in real time. It's really cool. I've been using the app for a couple of weeks now. I've done a couple of variants on it with some random people, and I've met people. I've already got some followers. So it is a really cool application, and there's so much diverse content on there. You'll always find something to listen to. Finding Your Frequency is excited to offer our listeners a new way to interact. Join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time for a live show on the Stereo app. You can download the free Stereo app and select Finding Your Frequency. We're verified right there on Stereo so you can connect with us whenever we're live. Stay tuned for more details on how to engage with us on Stereo at the end of today's episode. Go to www.stereo.com forward slash Radio Ryan 1. Again, www.stereo.com forward slash Radio Ryan 1. Once you get in there, make sure you start following me. You'll start to check it out. And again, we got the shows that we're going to be doing every Friday at 2 o'clock Pacific time on the Stereo app. You know, Melissa, I have to say something. Um, just you know, this, I, I'm, Tracy's going to wholeheartedly agree with me. Both of us are both of us are Navy veterans, and oh. you know, anybody who is out there trying to help out, you know, our our veterans and and homelessness in that space, I I totally applaud you because it's one of the biggest problems in our country today. <laughs> literally one yeah. of the biggest problems you know i see this 1.9 trillion dollar spending bill that comes down from right. congress it's a pandemic relief and all that kind of stuff and i and I, I think to myself like why are we sending millions of dollars to pakistan for gender studies like why why can't we be using you know that capital with our own problems here at home you know, and 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 it, it irks me sometimes the way that our federal government spends money on external things and doesn't have a proper plan, you know, for veteran homelessness or or, or stamping out hunger amongst those those folks. You know, I do uh, a couple of a couple of uh, uh, like every couple every couple of months I go to a church. Um, we do, uh, you know, feeding the homeless and we make like, you know, little meal packets to, that they can take with them. We make little packets like toothbrush, toothpaste, all that kind of stuff. Give those out. Um, and then anytime we have food that's left over, we go downtown Phoenix and, you know, go under the bridge where the homeless folks are at and pass out the food and all that. And I, I swear 90% or 80 to 90% of the people that I run into that I have conversations with that are homeless are homeless veterans. The other, the yeah. other, the other 10 and 20% are, you know, people who have uh, mental disorders or who have substance abuse problems and right. like why why are why are why is there not more people like melissa doing things to help people well, in those situations i'm I challenging mean, everybody people, out there giving giving people <laughs> yeah for sure i mean it comes down to like the systemic problem it's <clears throat> homelessness you didn't some people are born into homelessness but you know what what i've learned with working through the charity it, which is called new ground um for anyone that's that's listening that's interested it's called new ground they're based in levittown what's which the is website in, uh newground.org fantastic and um you know it, it's it's a systemic problem you get there by many different things happening it's not just one thing that happened so they work on preventing the cycle because homelessness we found becomes a way of life you don't know how not to be homeless um, after a period of time. So they right. spend a lot of time teaching you 
how not to be. Um, they have a lot of education programs. And for the families, it's the entire family that's involved, from the kids to the adults, the parents. There's reading programs for the kids. There um, are financial literacy, because financial literacy is a problem. They teach you in school all kinds of things, but they don't teach you financial literacy. Like, that should be a call, you know. They, they don't teach you that in high school. Yeah, you and I talked about this <laughs> yeah. when we had our first conversation, yeah. too, about how a lot of the times that people, because with, with, I don't know if you know this, Ryan, but with Melissa and with what she does with real estate and me being an agent myself here in Arizona, we had a nice conversation about this yeah. particular topic and that a lot of people, they just don't have that common knowledge that you would think you would get. It's not taught to them in the home because the parents no. didn't necessarily have a grasp on it. No. And so when they learn about it, it's either because they found themselves in a situation where they had to, mm -hmm. or because there's a situation where they're working in an environment that gives them that skill set. But a lot of people are walking out of the house into the world and ha not having the skill sets to work with it. I mean, no, it's kind of scary. How to do a simple budget. People hear about a budget. Yeah. But, you know, if you only, if you have a fixed income, you only have X amount of dollars for, you know, whatever that period of time is. And there's a lot of things that you have to do and credit is a huge issue because it, it makes it so easy. And then it's kind of like that, that snowball go, rolling down the hill, all of a sudden, like what, what happened? Um, exactly. So that, that's a big part of the charity. And uh, it, it's really helping to break that cycle by education in all yeah. different facets of life, which um, I mean, they don't really provide housing because they just mm -hmm. don't have that, um, they don't have that ability right now that we're working on expanding right. um, but it's more about having and having the success of graduating from and being in the program and we have a lot of families who have graduated from the program um, are owners of homes or and are getting like full market uh, rentals and, and, and they're thriving they're succeeding so there there is a way to break it but it all comes down to yeah, getting back to the root of what caused the problem and 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 breaking it, moving forward. Well, you know? tying this back to when we were talking about COVID and with what we do and what you do and everything, mm -hmm. uh, what impact do you think that it's going to have in the future as far as what's coming down the pipeline? I mean, let's face it, the pandemic has caused a lot of stuff to be rethought yes. about how it's being done uh, mm -hmm. for the better in in some cases and not so great in others. But I, I, I tend to believe and I'm optimistic in this mindset that once you get past all the craziness that's been spawned because of this, because you talked about change right off the bat, it's yep. not a fun ride. It's uncomfortable. But once you get through it, what comes after is usually a positive and good result. So what do you think as far as the long term, as far as um, your background, your experience working with that organization, being a, a realtor yourself, having that legal background, what do you kind of perceive as what's going to be the forward momentum from this? Is it going to be a positive thing? Are we going to see changes so, that are going to help address I that? I think, like, and this is just my personal opinion, I think things are going to get a little bit worse before mm -hmm. they're going to get better. Yeah. Uh, because the bottom really hasn't fallen out from under us yet. We've right. had a lot of, of band-aids on the problems. Um, I know a lot of people are getting that stimulus. Are they using it where they should or are they going out and blowing it? I don't know. Exactly. Um, you know, use it to pay bills or are you using it to, you know, go buy yourself something nice? Um, 
who knows? That, and that's where the, so right that's now, where the that's financial kind of, literacy stuff comes in. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's kind of where we're, we're like band-aids on the problems and, and right. we're moving along very slowly. And then one day, all of these band-aids are, are going to end. The extended unemployment is going to end. The, the, the extra, that's all going to end. And when that does mm-hmm. right now, um, Ryan, I don't think you know, but my background where I was the managing attorney was at a foreclosure firm. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I, I brought foreclosures on behalf of banks. So I, I got to learn kind of that business end of it, which is why I went out into real estate because I'm able to help people on the, on the other side uh, who have found themselves in foreclosure, who have found themselves in a short sale. Um, and, you know, working for the banks, I got to see a lot of uh, defense attorneys, you know, who were working for these people who were in foreclosure, who mm-hmm. some of them were great. They all weren't. Um, a lot of times they were like, but I paid the lawyer X amount of dollars and they didn't do anything. So that of course broke my heart. I'm a bleeding heart. I'm always like, <laughs> how can I help you? Like, I can't help right. myself. Like I'll stop and help someone before, you know, they always remind me, they always say, put your ox- oxygen mask on first. There's a reason for that. Hey, you know right. what though, Melissa? I, I have to remember that. You know what? Let, but, let me, let me remind you something though. That's very, very, very important. And I, 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 I live my executive management life by this term. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you understand. Tracy understands the, how I work as well. It's called servant leadership, right? You're not, mm-hmm. you're, you're there to, you're, you're, you're a leader, but you're not, you're not barking orders. You're there to serve those folks right. to help yes. their interests and by helping exactly. their interests, then you help yourself. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's servant leadership. I just read a That's book. Exactly I, I just read a book called servant leadership by Omar L Harris, um, who is an, who did an interview with us uh, last year. And, you know, those are the types of things that people need to really understand when they're in leadership positions um, or, mm-hmm. you know, even, even in your own home, you know, I'm, yes, I have a daughter and yes, I want her to go do things, but you know, I can't bark orders at her all the time or she's, you know, not going to be a happy camper. I have to figure I, out. I find that <laughs> when you tell people why you want them to do something, mm-hmm. right. they're more likely to do it. If you say, go wash the dishes, why do I have to wash the dishes? If you'd say, I need you to wash the dishes because um, I'm bringing home dinner and I need this the sink clear. Yep. Right. Oh, okay. Now yeah. I'll wash the dishes. Yeah, so you line the top part of Part when you explain why it doesn't come off as you know the hard one though is is okay. explaining to a 7-year-old why she has to keep her room clean. Right, yeah, because, that's a good one. right because she because I'm like well you have a social responsibility to keep up after yourself like you can't just you know live in a messy but she's like but it's but it's my room. And I'm like, okay, well, technically it's your room, but actually it's my room because this is my house. <laughs> so the, so I had to flip it around. I said, the cost of rent for you to stay in my house is to keep your room clean. <laughs> Parenting skills right there. What can we do? Um, but, I mean, but that's, but that's where the whole financial literacy stuff starts, yeah. right? It starts at home. Yep. It starts with having, you know, proper conversations with your children, making sure that they understand. Mm-hmm. You know, my kid said to me the other day, we were all, she's like, dad, I want to go to Jack in the box for breakfast. And I'm like, why? She's like, because I just want to eat Jack in the box. I'm like, why are you, do you don't want to make yourself breakfast or do you, do you want me to make you breakfast? Um, no, I just want Jack in the box. It's no big deal. Dad, you can just use your card. You know, and I, and yeah. I was like, oh, oh, this is, ooh. I was like all excited because I'm like, this is the greatest teaching moment ever. And I said, hey, <laughs> sit down right here. And I logged into my bank account and I said, look, this is how much money I have in the checking account. I said, 
every time I use this card, that money goes down, right? And I said, I need this money to pay for this house, right? And so what we have to do is we have to spend less than we earn. And she's like, why? And I'm like, because you have to save. She's like, well, what's, what do you mean save? And I'm like, well, what happens if I lose my job today, tomorrow? What happens if mommy loses her job? What if we lose our, both of our jobs at the same time? You know, what are mm-hmm. we going to do? I can't in my right mind think that someone's going to hand me out something to take care of me. So I had to save it, but it was a great teaching moment. And we're kind of getting a little off topic and I apologize, but right. um, no, it's just, okay. just, just financial no, literacy really starts, starts, starts at home. Yeah. But that's how exactly. it starts. You know, people don't, some, not all people understand that uh, how to shop for things, how to go to the grocery store and how to make a hundred dollars last. Right. Like, and still you, you can, you can take a hundred dollars and still manage to get a healthy balanced meal, or you could just like splurge it and get nothing. Um, I'm blessed with plenty of food allergies and having to eat a very special (laughs) diet. So a hundred dollars very far for me <laughs> but uh, i'm gluten-free dairy-free allergic to soy and shellfish so it's like oh, eating man. is hard yeah that'd be a tough, but, a tough um, diet. eating is hard and you know i bought a loaf of gluten-free bread and i looked at it i was like six dollars and 99 cents for a loaf of one loaf of bread that's a teeny tiny loaf that one those better be the best sandwiches ever i know right <laughs> but you know but but things like that people like it, it's it's got to be taught. Not everybody understands, right. you know, do I get the loaf of bread that's $5 or the one that's two? Like where, where's the budget? Well, and when we're talking here, foreclosure, we, that's how they got there. Exactly. And when we talk about this, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you hear people talking about their situations. You'll hear young people talking about their situations. You'll hear older people talking about their situations. Mm-hmm. And what always amazes me is when you hear a person who looks like they've got everything lined up and they're moving down that path like they're supposed to. And then you find out something crazy like, okay, your spouse just passed away. Oh, by the way, there's no will in place. And you're going, uh, yeah. do you know where your documents are? Uh, nobody knows the plan for that no. future event. And it's like everybody is going through life with their blinders on and they mm-hmm. don't want to deal with those issues. Now, I know that you do some stuff with that, right? Yes, I definitely do. And that is definitely something that I wanted to talk a little bit about because, you know, if COVID taught us nothing, it's that there are a lot of things that we can't control in life. But there are some things that we can control. And getting back to financial literacy, it all comes back to planning and, and a little bit of, you know, just my own life events. I told you about that issue I had with my parents. Like, I could have lost them both and they had nothing in place because, you know, they, they were young, they had their whole life. Like they didn't need a will, they didn't need a power of attorney, they didn't need a help. Like, why did we need these things? But right. you never know, they got hit by a drunk driver out of absolutely nowhere. So there are things that are important, like like a will or a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, in New York, um, I can't speak for any other jurisdictions, you right. know, you could put your will or your trust, but if you if you do a will, you have to probate that. If you put everything into a trust, you can avoid probate. Um, things just kind of pass, but the, the assets go into a trust. Um, exactly. But that's something that you'd have to discuss depending on your estate. But everyone should have just a basic will. And if that's too much, you should have a power of attorney too. Power of attorney is good while you're alive. Uh, once you die, the will or the, the trust comes into place. And a healthcare proxy. Again, both of my parents completely incapacitated. I had to make life and death decisions for them. Right. 
I didn't have a healthcare proxy or a living will to help me along kind of figure that out. And these are pretty simple documents. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you can do them with an attorney and I suggest you doing them with an attorney because there are many ways to go wrong. But <laughs> if, if you don't have those means and you still want to put something together, they, you can probably find something and it's better to have something than absolutely nothing. Um, wills and trusts, I do not suggest you doing at all without an attorney in your jurisdiction because one done wrong is just worse for the people that you leave behind. You know what? You just reminded me because I had, I had, uh, I had an attorney drop some paperwork for me and my wife, which I filled in all the information like, okay, if I die, who gets my boat, right? Who gets my, this, whatever, all that kind of stuff. I never, I never, I never went and had it um, uh, notarized. notarized. You just, you just totally remember. I can't tell you how many times we, you get to like that point and it's like, okay, you just have to execute it and it never gets executed. It's all done. And then you have to remember if you have more children, you got to update that will. (laughs) Right. Right. I'm like over here grabbing my phone to get, make a note for myself to not not forget to do this. It's it's been, well, the other thing that's often overlooked is the living will, you know, about that. Yeah. The only time a lot of people will hear about it is when they're going into the hospital for a procedure and they ask you, do you have a living will? (laughs) And then they're like, no, why do I need that? I'm alive. Like, uh, yeah, but, exactly. but again, it came up. My dad ended up on life support and he had nothing. And we had to figure this out as we went. Luckily, he survived. But, you know, um, you sometimes you don't know about, about that. And it's, it's very, as someone who was there, it's very hard when you're in the moment to be able to sit and to make all those rational decisions because you're not, you're in a very emotional state sleep deprived you've got so many things coming at you that you've never had to deal with before just to know these basics makes it very helpful um very very helpful to to figure to figure all these things out and they are important and it is something that you can control i want to circle back and then move on to another topic that i think is really important you know you were talking about credit right um and and helping folks with the you know having credit um so i listen to dave ramsey all the time and that's the one thing that he preaches that i don't agree with right because he's like you know don't have any debt don't have any credit cards don't have any this and i'm like well how do you get an apartment if you have no credit you can't get a mortgage yeah, you, you can't, can't get a mortgage yeah. if you're like, what? Else? and uh, how many people are going to be able to save up enough money to go buy their house in cash, right? Um, and so you have to have some kind of a credit score. Even your car insurance looks at your credit score to base, you know, what one of the, some risk. of the things that they do. They it's, base risk. Yeah, yeah. On, the, on that. Um, and so it is really important to have some kind of credit, you know. Um, Although I do believe in the rest of the stuff that he talks about debt snowball and all those kind of things to get yourself out of debt, Um, you know, but definitely I think that's really important. And then I want to move into another topic that I feel is extremely important and very overlooked with people. um, And that's life insurance. Um, Yeah. You know, so. I I also am an agent. (laughs) Yeah. I have, I have a wife and a daughter. Right. And so um, I could walk out the door today right now and keel over of a heart attack and if i don't have life insurance to help my family get through that and 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 not have a a financial burden because my you know obviously there's an emotional burden because you know the dad died um what but having the life insurance policy is um it's an insurance policy for the outcome of your family's future 
right when when, when you pass away yeah. like they have to be able to do that so, and and uh, i want to i want you to give some recommendations and i know yeah. you know this is just your opinion we're not this uh, is just my opinion. we're not out here so, trying to tell you guys so there's what a to couple do, things but. that i want to you know kind of talk about this with life insurance um when I was in the foreclosure land, I saw a lot of people who fell into foreclosure because the spouse died. Right. Um, so that, that is one thing that's important. If you're purchasing a house, you should have some type of policy, even if it's a term policy, uh, that would cover until that mortgage is paid off if, if one of the spouses die. Because that is, that is losing your home, and, and that's, that's, that's super, super important. Um, and then... You know, there, there's all different kinds for, I always say there's a life insurance policy for every budget <laughs> and a good agent will work with your budget and get you the best based upon your budget, uh, not the other way around. Some people are like, I want a million dollar coverage and I'm like, uh, okay, that's gonna cost you because uh, you have certain risk factors and you know, it, it just kind of depends. Life insurance gets expensive every day that you wait, it gets more and more expensive because you get older. So the no, the time to get life insurance is right now, if you're thinking about it. Uh, start that yesterday, process. Yesterday, yesterday. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday. And you know, there, there's term. Term lasts for, for a specific period of time. That's the one that you know you say you have to die to use. And the, the premiums are generally lower and there's no cash accumulation. Then there's permanent. Um, I have a permanent policy. It lasts for your entire lifetime. The premiums are a little bit higher, but you get cash accumulation. If something happens down the road and you're like, I can't afford to pay this premium anymore, guess what? You have a built-in savings. Again, depending on the policy, some are better than others. You can actually cash that policy yep. out. And the policy that I actually really believe in, and, and I say, uh, it's called living benefits, right? So 90% of people who have a heart attack survive it, but they survive it with some type of deficit. Now, you can't cash in on your traditional life insurance policy because you have to die to get it. But mm -hmm. the policy that I work with, um, you have living benefits. So if you can't perform certain of your daily activity, like life things that you need to do, like eating, dressing, bathing, uh, working, I sell a policy that you can collect a percentage of your death benefit while you're alive because you've become disabled from a heart attack. That's awesome. Stroke, cancer. And to me, this is a no brainer. Like you're investing in your future. We don't know what's going to happen. My parents in their forties were literally hit by a drunk driver, both completely disabled, can't work, but they're still alive. And we have to figure out how to move on. Policy like this would have helped them, you know, significantly, but this is, this is where we are in life. And, you know, it is tax tax free, so it's a way to put <laughs> save that money. <laughs> you know, I, I I gotta I gotta say this is awesome advice. I'm I'm getting an education right now. I have term life insurance because in my in yeah. my in my mind, I'm like. I need, you know, X amount of policy now because I have a kiddo in the house and, and, and a wife and all that kind of stuff. But as I get older, right, and maybe my kids out of the home or, you know, some of those other factors kind of change and maybe I don't need as much life insurance at that point, you know. So I, I, I chose term just because I'm like, I'm going to change it probably at some point. But, but uh, did you know that you could get a universal life policy for your kids now at like oh, she's got 100 one. bucks a month? She's you got know? one. 
She, the, the, mo- the, the moment that she was born, she's got the Gerber yep. grow up plan, right? That um, <laughs> so that way she and then it rolls over to her when she turns yep. eighteen. So she has her life insurance, and you know, uh, oh yeah, that's important. Life insurance for your kids. That that is that is super 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 important to have it. I wish yeah, I had her, it. Hers is cool because um, it does the same thing. It like builds funds um, that you can draw from for other stuff later if you need to. And for down and and the policy that I sell <laughs> um, has certain forgiveness. Like if you you can borrow against your cash accumulation for things like a down payment, mm-hmm. uh, right. for things like college tuition. Yep. Um, so it's it's kind of like a built in savings. That's what and the Gerber one is it. that I have. Yep, that's amazing. That's we, the best. 100 bucks a month like <laughs> you're spending that at jack-in-the-box you know yeah. <laughs> like, starbucks jack-in-the-box maybe tell her okay we're not going to jack-in-the-box like one day a week because you've got to put this money towards your life insurance policy but that's again it comes all back to what financial literacy budgeting right. saving just being more taking ownership of your life you know again entrepreneurship for me was taking ownership of my life and this is just another facet of taking control of your life Nice. Very well said. Very well said. We gotta we gotta hit um, we gotta hit those applause because those points are just you know uh, <laughs> extremely extremely important. You know life life insurance um, knowledge bombs. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, it's it's it. I, I'm almost at a loss for words because I just can't even I can't even uh, explain how important financial literacy is and understanding how the world works. You know. Um, uh, Tracy and I talk about this all the time. Like my job as a parent is to make sure that when my child leaves my house, when she decides to go be her own person, um, that she is prepared for the, for the, for the world. She needs yep. to understand finances. She needs to understand social interaction. She has to understand, um, you know, maybe not how to drive a car. I don't know how that situation is going to roll out <laughs> by the time, you know, in the next 10 She's years. She's going to learn eventually. She's going to have to, you don't want to stand yeah. by the side of the road, not knowing how to drive a car. Yeah. No, I was just thinking like in, in, in 10, years from now like uh, what's the status like california is not even gonna have like gasoline powered cars in 10 years that's like you know weird so she won't pump gas she'll just get in and press a button that's yeah. All. yeah or for yeah. that matter she may not even have to press a button oh, by oh no time. she's gonna have to she, i'll have i'll still have my uh chevrolet silverado pickup truck gas guzzler <laughs> over here in arizona because that's what, how we roll over here tracy, that'll be converted I, tracy i know you got you got the giant expedition because you have you know all the all the kiddos um but there's something for me too from a societal component and and being american that has a connection with the automobile, right? Americans love to drive. Uh, and so I want her to be able to experience that, right? Like get in a, get yeah. in a truck with a V8 and listen to it roar. <laughs> hey, I, I still, one of my goals is to drive cross country. Uh, oh. I'm already started on one side, so I just got to make it to the other side. Uh, and, and it's just one of the things I want to do. But then again, it's like when I have the money, I don't have the time. And when I have the time, I don't have the money. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a cannonball road. It's, it's one of those life balances. But I, I'm yeah. hoping soon that I, I another thing I'd love to do is rent an like get an RV and just like travel the country and, and live life for a while. But not quite there yet. I still I still have to be in New York to do my job. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, maybe one of these days you can get one of those RVs that's like a giant tour bus, right? And then you can have like your office in the back, you know. With, yeah. And so there you, you can go. you can do whatever and you the want o- to do. The on office the isn't the problem. It's the actually having to physically be in New York <laughs> to mm. do my job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm hoping that maybe with COVID, some of that will change a little bit. But I still have to be present at those closing tables. <laughs> so let's talk about yeah. let's talk about COVID. You mentioned that you know as we kind of yeah. you know we we went through some legal stuff we've talked about the uh you know importance of life insurance and financial literacy and all those kind of things and um you know all the stuff that you're doing with homelessness and on make sure everybody goes to uh, uh newground.org to make sure that they uh, go support that uh, uh that, yeah we're that. as a real quick plug we're in our 30th anniversary year so uh wow. we have lots of different fundraising things going on for our 30th anniversary year the with the number 30 so um Go check it out. You'll see my face uh, on some of the videos and on the website. <laughs> Sweet. So, you know, as, as we talk about COVID-19 and the pandemic and some of those, this stuff that we've all been dealing with, um, mm-hmm. how, how has the pandemic changed you or how you do business um, as compared to pre-COVID or pre-pandemic? Yeah. I mean, it, it's really funny. I do most of my business right here. You know, I, this office didn't exist a year ago. Uh, it was it was built. Um, I was actually living in my own own place in Queens during the pandemic. And once everything kind of remember, New York got hit and we got hit hard, yeah, and right. it, was, it was grim and it was really scary. We were afraid to even be outside for a while. And I was in like a an apartment in Queens, so I spoke to my parents and they said, "Come home," and and now I'm back here. And uh, I felt safer because I was here in a, in a house in the suburbs. So that, you know, for me, I gave up a big part of my independence by coming back to my parents. Um, so that changed. The living situations changed for a lot of people. I found that a lot of people are doing the multi-generational at home. Uh, right. we're, no, we're not traveling. We're cooking. Um, we, we've got a lot of you know, just the way I did business, I can't go out and network. I couldn't show houses for a while. Oh, Closings yeah. had to be done, you know, sh- by shifts in rooms and you were sanitizing everything. So basically everything changed. And now it's a matter of figuring out, you know, how to move forward and how to get back a little bit to life. I've had my first vaccine dose. Uh, the next, the second one's coming up in a, in a few more weeks. And, you know, I feel a little bit better. Everyone in my household has a majority of my family has had their first dose. And and for us, that's the, the first step in kind of getting back to whatever normal is. Normal has changed. I'm not sure where it is. But, you know, I found myself living in the present now, in the now. Normal's making, relative. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, feel, normal's I feel like normal is yeah. relative. Like, can you guys go please find me the person or entity that set the standard of what normal is? Because, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, normal, I don't think normal is a box that you fit anything into. Like, what is normal? I'd you like know, to ditch the mask. It's like, it's like, point, it's like, you know, actually, like, I kind of like the mask. I don't have to worry about <laughs> if I didn't, if I ate something that was a little bit bad, like garlicky, put that mask on, I'm covered. No problem. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny? Uh, I, t- I told my daughter this the other day, too. I said, you know what is the worst thing? Like, uh, um, I-, I only did this one time. I was in a hurry in the morning, and I put my mask on, and I went to the store, and I went, oh, man, I didn't brush my teeth. 
right? Because <laughs> you're like, it's it's right in your face the whole time, you know? And, yeah. uh, you know, so it'll definitely remind I, you. I to- haven't lied. <laughs> I've gone out once or twice with the mask and a sweatshirt up. I'm like, I didn't do my hair. I'm like, I just need something. <laughs> no yeah, one knows exactly. me. <laughs> exactly. My daughter's eating, my daughter was eating a hot dog uh, on on Saturday, and uh, she had mustard on her cheek. And we were getting ready to go into Home Depot, and um, you know, like I'm dad, like I so I get a napkin and a little water out of the water bottle, and I hand it to her, and I'm like, "Here, clean your face off." And she goes, "Why? No one's gonna see it anyways. I'll just put my mask on and cover up my mustard." <laughs> uh. <laughs> And there it is. That's what's and there. It is, yeah. But, but <laughs> COVID is COVID is definitely like I said. It's it's been a hard reset. It just kind of made everybody think differently. Right. You know, who would have thought a year ago that we would have been here saying, "Look, we made it through a year." So, you know, uh, it, uh, human beings are so resilient. That's one of the mm-hmm. things that I've noticed about this this pandemic, and 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 I agree with you. And here's my projection, Tracy. I've already told you this. I'm going to tell Melissa. This is my projection. 1918, we had the Spanish flu. Yeah. On the tail end of the 1918 Spanish flu, we rolled into the best economic times the country had ever had mm-hmm. in the Roaring Twenties. I guarantee you. I put my stamp of approval on it. But if it had doesn't happen, don't get mad at me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer. But Go ahead. I, I, I honestly feel like yes, the bottom hasn't hit yet. But when we rebound, it's going to be the roaring twenties all yeah. over again. There's going to be so much opportunity for entrepreneurs, so much opportunity for advancement and achievement. Exactly. And, and After and the totally. plague came the Renaissance. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So we're, we're getting the history. To, this is great. Yeah, we're getting the time to stop and think, and you know, figure out a little bit about who we are and what we want to change, and we're, we're right. getting like time a little bit. Um, so I, I think with that, like, that's kind of what I'd like to say. You know, yeah. we have the gift of time. It's time to change and stop. Think about who you are. What's right. important to you? Figure out what your passions are, and in order to do that, you will find your success. Absolutely. couple failures along the way, but you'll find your success once you're true to yourself. You can find me online at www.melmorealty.com, on Facebook at Melmo Realty, that's M-E-L-M-O-R-E-A-L-T-Y, and on Instagram at Melmo Realty. You know, I want to end the show with this quote and one of the fav- one of my favorite quotes, and it's not even by somebody you guys are even going to, you're not even going to like, you're like, really? So there's this, <laughs> there's this gentleman who used to play in the NBA. His name is Monty Williams. Um, he's okay. currently the, uh, the coach of the Phoenix Suns. Um, he went through some crazy stuff. His wife passed away, um, you know, and and he had a bunch of money because he played in the NBA. So what could he have done? He had two choices in life, right? My wife died. I'm going to woes me and sink into a hole or whatever, or I'm going to press on. And he he decided I'm pressing on. And, and by pressing on, he took on the job of uh, the Phoenix Suns uh, head coach. During an interview, they were talking to him and asking him about, you know, some of the different things he had gone through with losing his wife and he said this everything you want is on the other side of hard Mm -hmm. so if you don't go through the hard you're never going to get to the other things that you want right and so i want to i want to leave everybody with that quote uh everything you want is on the other side of hard so go work your butt off get up early don't sleep in you can do it (laughs) 
You can do it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuning in to Finding Your Frequency right here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. I want to thank uh, Melissa Mohan for being on with us today. Uh, you've been you a great, me. inspiring guest. And Tracy Motley, executive producer extraordinaire in the house. Thank you, sir, for being on. I appreciate it. <laughs> All you guys that are out there listening, you can send information to us at info at voiceamerica.com. Uh, go follow me on social media at Radio Ryan One. Go check out Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America. And of course, our Twitter at Voice America TRN. And we absolutely appreciate everybody tuning in. And like I said in the beginning of the show, you give us five stars, not four, because we are all five-star human beings. Hey, what's up, everybody? So glad you tuned into the show today. What a great show it is. Like I said earlier in the show, at the end, I was going to give you some more information on our live stereo session on the stereo app. Stereo app users can engage with the platform to listen in, seek out topics, and join conversations about issues and ideas that interest them. There is no lack of content on that application. You can flip through many conversations, ask questions, join ones, make your own wide-ranging topics on stereo comedy pop culture lifestyle sports business technology the app can be downloaded for free by apple and android users once users download the app they'll be able to create an avatar and a profile (laughs) i had so much fun making my avatar it was super cool users can submit the audio messages to hosts of conversations to join those conversations in real time Finding Your Frequency will have a live audience interactive episode on Stereo. We're going to be doing this every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on the Stereo app. Again, Finding Your Frequency is going to be having a live audience interactive episode every week, Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. We're going to do question and answers. We're going to talk about technology. We're going to talk about business. We're going to talk about marketing. We're going to talk about how people found their frequency in life and in business and why they decided to do what they do and take questions from people that are listening to the show and allow you guys to engage with us. And I really hope to see you on Stereo. Again, Stereo.com forward slash Radio Ryan 1 live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. So again, come to Stereo.com forward slash Radio Ryan 1. Once you get in there, follow me and make sure you guys tune into the show. Thanks for listening.